4: All right. Um, volume levels sound okay. Not too spicy in the earmuffs. Yeah. Corey, say something.
3: Hello. Oh God. Sorry, heart... I said that, that kind of loud. Yeah. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Once there was this kid who. Went and saw a movie about a crazy pet detective And when he finally came out He had pissed all over himself laughing But he couldn't quite explain why his dad didn't laugh more Later on that same year, he got his aunt to take him to a movie about a weird mask. And there, there was that same guy he made the kid piss himself laughing again. But he couldn't quite explain why his aunt didn't laugh, too. Then that guy made one movie more, his third film of 1994. By then, this boy was uh, obsessed. With Jim Carrey, his new movie was co-starring Jeff Daniels. And when he finally saw it, this kid pissed himself laughing a third time.
4: And much to his surprise, he saw that his dad was laughing too.
1: Today on. Uh...
4: Welcome, everybody, to the Cinema Possessed Podcast. My name is Jack Bishop. And I'm Justin Isham. And each week, we take a close look at one film in our combined DVD and Blu-ray collections and discuss what it was about them that originally possessed us to want to possess it. We'll debate whether or not the film still holds that power over us today, and in the end, we'll decide once and for all if it deserves to keep its place on the movie shelf or be sent off to someplace warm, a place where the beer flows like wine where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm talking about a little place called the trash bin. See what I did there? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know. The, the, the trash bins are kind of assholes. <laughs> That's good, yeah. yeah. Uh,
4: if you're dumb, and I'm dumber, right. then that means the dumbest... It's got to be... Corey. Corey Clifford. I have
3: not understood one thing you've said. Was that a joke too dumb a number? Mm -hmm. What the little back and forth you did. So you're telling
4: me you haven't seen this movie a thousand times?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you even say it once? (laughs) Uh, Before we get too far into D&D. Before we dumb ourselves down. uh,
4: I don't really have any physical media news to present to us, but we are now a couple weeks into... The writer's strike. Woohoo. hoo Woo-woo! And uh, for those that don't know, that means ain't shit getting written in the industry right now for film mm-hmm. and television. We're at a standstill. So for listeners who aren't in the industry, you may not be aware of this, but um, writers don't get paid well in our industry. And um, especially in this new age Used of- Used to,
3: st- don't, have not been recently. Nobody gets recently. paid well yeah. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. It's, it's
4: gotten particularly bad in the age of streaming. Um, a, a sense of lawlessness has come ab- across the land when it comes to um, compensating people for their time and work. Things like residuals are slowly dwindling, and so... And, and the
3: ever-looming AI is very scary. Mm-hmm.
4: Meanwhile, the studios, the people in the suits who doing none of the creative work are just filling their pockets because the money's still coming in. As mm-hmm. you know, everybody in your life subscribes to all these streamers. Everybody pays for all this stuff but the people who are creating it, uh, and and this is this this is across the board right now. There is a writer's strike, but it, it, the reality is is that everyone's affected by it. Directors, actors, people on crew
3: who are all um, for the writer's strike and standing in solidarity. Yeah, yeah. We're actors, all in solidarity. Solidarity. the other unions.
0: Actors have been screwed for a Big fucking time. long time, especially with commercials. You guys oh have a rough. Like <laughs> get a, a day rate and never see another check again.
3: Uh, yeah. That's not necessarily true for commercials, but it's gone way way down. Pretty mm. much, if I. Booked the amount of things that I have over the years that I've been in L.A. 20 years ago, I would be making a living as an actor. I would just have to act. You would have two Lamborghinis. Two Lamborghinis. A poodle. You know, but there's no such thing as a middle class actor anymore because residual streamers the whole thing so the writers are currently fighting the good fight mm-hmm. and um, DJ is up next then yeah. mm-hmm. the actors union can't wait yeah
4: so we'll see how long this lasts I think I, I want to say I hope I they heard... hold
0: out and I hope that the studios yeah. eat shit the last one
4: which I think happened 15 years ago
3: mm-hmm. two thousand
4: and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something. I, can't remember. Um, I think it lasted 100 days
3: 109 Ooh. I think
4: 109 days so sweet justice. you'll see it you'll start to feel this well
3: SNL's already cancelled <gasps> what are we gonna do without SNL yeah,
4: yeah I think a lot of them <laughs> a lot of the late night writers also cancelled you know just, yeah. the that show is is just is. stopped but you know what's not cancelled
2: Movie. Cinema Possessed.
0: <laughs> Cinema Possessed. Yeah. No writing here. Yeah. This is all off the
4: mm-hmm. dome. You might
0: think this is a well scripted, <laughs> well written show with a writer's room, a team of assistants, yeah, I'm sure it really feels an like intern, that. but you'd be wrong, folks. Nah. It's just the three of us
3: yeah. and Henry.
4: And we're desperate for cash. So please, mm-hmm. for the love yeah. of God, subscribe mm-hmm. to the Patreon.
3: And, and if you want to do a little writing, write yeah. us a review. Oh, please. Yes. Just that to helps. Be
0: clear, and just to be clear, because I believe like we'll be more successful if we're honest and transparent mm-hmm. with our viewers <laughs> none of us care about movies at all <laughs> we're literally just doing this for cash for because cash you like money, it baby. cold hard cash yeah
3: um one thing i have noticed speaking of writing and writing a review i have had several people reach out to me saying they're very confused on how to leave a review now that is, is that just because these people have reached out to me maybe just don't know how technology works or is it hard to figure out how to do it i've never written a review for a podcast i'm going to because I realize how important it is. From what
4: I gather, it's not that hard. I mean, if you listen on Apple Some Podcasts, people listen
3: on Spotify.
4: That I don't know how to do. But so
3: we're idiots, too. It's pretty
0: easy. I wrote it. I wrote a review for an app the other day It was my first time reviewing an app because
3: mm-hmm. you loved it so much. You much. I was it mad so much. you wanted to give them some <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to It's to the only warn. Time we do I wanted to warn <laughs> people from yeah.
0: downloading this piece of shit <laughs>
4: I'm shocked that there are ever positive reviews. Like it's so yeah. hard when you look at reviews I'm like, yeah, what I think about Podcasts why would I ever usually want are to?
3: because they're trying to support the yes, podcaster yes, yeah. Yeah.
4: So you hear that, listeners, if you like us, you like listening to us, one, tell anybody in any way. You don't have to necessarily have to leave a review, but
3: spread the well, word if you can. Because it gets, I don't know, it does, I don't know, every podcast I listen to says it helps. Oh, it sure I don't sure know does. how it helps. It sure does. It definitely helps. Help us.
4: Um, and yeah, if you're, if you feel inclined to want to support us monetarily, we do have a Patreon page and you do get bonus episodes as well as some other bonus features from that. So yeah, if you want to do that, we wouldn't mind either. Helps keep the lights on over here at Cinema Possessed. Justin, what movie are we talking about today?
0: Today, we are talking about 1994's Dumb and Dumber, directed by the Fairly Brothers.
1: What are we gonna do? I got an idea. Go. Faster! Dumb, a person lacking mental power.
4: What's your last name? I'll look it up. Starts with an S. Laffy. No. Swap. Swappy. Nah. Uh, maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the...
1: Oh, yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. Idiot. An adult mentally inferior to a child of three. Skis, huh?
3: That's right. The are yours? Uh-huh.
1: Both of them? Yeah. Cool. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence.
4: Hey. Want to hear
1: the most annoying sound in the world? If they each had half a brain, they'd still only have half a brain. (laughs) Dumb and dumber. For these guys, every day is a (laughs) no-brainer.
4: So, Justin, what was your relationship Ooh. to this movie? Did you see this in theaters? I know that you've mentioned before that there's hesitation occasionally from your parents when it comes to stupid movies. Not, now, this is a movie called Dumb and Dumb. Not
0: with Carrie, baby. <laughs> Carrie oh, they was were, welcome and They the made a Jim Carrey hustle. exception. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Love wow. love Jim Carrey. And did
4: that start with Ace Ventura? Do you remember when they first when you first felt your family kind of get hooked on Carrie?
0: Mask. The mask. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I saw Ace Ventura on my own. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, uh, there was, are we saying names on this podcast of real people? It's up to Is you. Okay? Yes. Yeah. We I say do. Him. We say them. I had a friend named Aaron A. Okay. Aaron A. was an interesting guy in elementary school because mm-hmm. he was dirty and disgusting. <laughs> interesting. He was well,
3: technically a bully. <laughs> maybe we I guess some eyes. names maybe you
4: shouldn't name. if you-
0: he was- <laughs> I'm
3: telling nice stories about all my people. Well, he, a. is not his, was his a real last kid. name.
4: It's just the first letter.
0: Or was his last a name? A was the first letter. Okay, okay. Yeah. His, yes. name, his last name yeah. wasn't A. I redacted his okay, last okay. name. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> he was technically a bully. Oh. But he was the textbook definition of a bully who's only acting out that way because there's trouble yeah. at home. Sure, Which I think sure. is probably usually the case. Yeah. And, um, but he wasn't intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't actually... Like, there were bullies in my m- elementary school I was genuinely afraid of because they would use physical violence <laughs> and it would hurt. Mm-hmm. He was just mean. And acted like a bully, but he wasn't, he didn't quite have that pizzazz of a, of a real bully. Um, but he befriended me. Somehow uh-huh. we became friends. Uh-huh. And so he would show me things like Mortal Kombat mm. on VHS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was into- Another
4: New Line home video. Yeah. He
0: was into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So- uh He was was constantly bending over on the school playground, taking his ass and doing, you know, Ace Ventura kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, talking with his butt cheeks in front of girls, Mm -hmm. uh, chasing them around. Works like a charm. Any Jim Carrey quote you can think of from one of those 94 movies, uh, he was quoting viciously. Yeah. And uh, I believe I probably got into Ace Ventura through him Mm. and then... Owned The Mask on VHS yeah, and fell in love with that. Watched that again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Never owned Dumb and Dumber, the VHS tape. Can't remember any reaction my parents had to it, so can't really comment on on that. Mm-hmm. But that trailer that you just played had me more nostalgic than the movie.
4: Interesting, because you just saw it all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah.
0: It immediately felt familiar and immediately gave me like a wave of feelings <laughs> mm-hmm. and and had me laughing a yeah. lot when I watched it. More it than it gives I- you like
4: an analog VHS yeah. feel because you feel mm-hmm. the the feeling of putting in a tape and mm-hmm. starting with trailers like that. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. Yeah, Corey, how about you? When what do you remember when you first saw this? What was your?
3: Uh, I first saw Dumb and Dumber. 3 nights ago when we watched Dumb and Dumber you'd never seen it before I don't I think maybe bits and pieces on TV yeah. or something like that but no feeling now now Justin just reminded me when he said Jim Carrey was a big presence cuz he was a big presence in my family too but it was for The Mask was a big big movie big rental remember watching it a lot and the biggest Jim Carrey for my family though was Liar Liar Mm -hmm. We watched that. I was obsessed with that movie. That movie was always on at my grandparents, my cousins. We would all watch it, like cry laughing. Mm -hmm. My mom loved Liar Liar. And thinking about it, I feel like Dumb and Dumber, you know, like who was figuring out what movies we were watching? It was mostly my mom. And she probably was like, I don't want to watch that fucking Dumb and Dumber. That looks stupid as hell. Right. I'm guessing. But Liar Liar had like, I don't know. It was just. Not as silly, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's still very silly too, but that was the big Jim Carrey in my world. He,
4: Jim Carrey definitely had like a complicated relationship with parents. I think for most people our age, it was, he had a hook, line, and sinker. But I think all parents had an. Ify about him at times, like mm-hmm. as you heard in my
0: song, my dad did not laugh when we saw Ace Ventura. I think my parents were just happy how happy he was making me. Yeah, that's beautiful.
3: Well, didn't I say this on the pod? <laughs> Have I already said this on the podcast that that was like the one movie my mom like turned off? When Ace Ventura we were- was Ace Ventura.
4: Yeah. I think the, probably the reason why your parents were okay with, with Jim Carrey was maybe because they did not see Ace Ventura. Mm. Because he made three movies in 1994, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber, in that order. And I saw all three in theaters, and I remember going to see Ace Ventura with my dad and my brother – and I thought it was hysterical, and I didn't know who he was. I didn't watch it in living. Did color. you
0: literally pee your pants, or no. that was just metaphor. no?
4: Just the the you know mm-hmm. the phrase piss yourself laughing.
0: Yeah. Got it. I wish Justin and I looked at each other mm-hmm. so. Concerned. Well, because it felt believable. Yeah, well, knowing I <laughs> you, I was like, I all knew right, that was going to happen.
4: He... That's part of the reason why I repeated it three mm-hmm. times, so mm-hmm. that it was became clear by the end of the song. It, I wasn't literally pissing mm-hmm. myself. Well, it, I mean, it wasn't clear. It honestly. wasn't at all. We were
3: concerned. <laughs> 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 um,
4: but I remember coming out of that. Movie and my dad just not in, not being a fan of it of Jim Carrey at all and being a little confused by it because I just thought it was so funny and so then when the mask came out I don't think my dad had any interest in seeing it I don't think my mom had any interest in seeing it and so I remember wrangling my aunt to take me to that movie she was babysitting me and um she did not like the mask either she did not she was like I thought that guy is annoying. And again, I was so confused. I was like, why do adults not like this guy? I think he's so fucking funny. And then when Dumb and Dumber came out, I assume my dad begrudgingly took me to see it. (laughs) And I remember being shocked because he was laughing his ass off during the movie and it totally turned him around. He came out of that movie being an appreciator of Jim Carrey. Well, I think
0: as an adult and now having revisited Dumb and Dumber, if you don't know him, Mm -hmm. which we don't, it's like, do any does do any of us know the real Jim Carrey? Right. There's an unsettling quality to yeah, an adult acting like this. Especially
4: Ace Ventura. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ace Ventura is very much, it's very similar to like uh, Billy Madison with Adam Sandler. See,
3: that's interesting that you say that though, because those movies, and I think that's because my cousins, like we would watch those at my grandparents. Adam Sandler, I've seen all of them and multiple, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple times. Like that type of comedy somehow did hit with my family. Yeah. and it didn't. Uh, well, I think Jim it's Carrey like
4: didn't. my dad liked uh, Happy Gilmore, the mm-hmm. golf one. Yes, that's the one. But that's he, the one my he didn't really true. like, Billy Madison, where Same. he's just acting like a little crazy kid. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of the difference between Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. They, they, I would say Jim Carrey evolved a little bit. Mm-hmm. He he came out the gate hard and obnoxious. Well, with and then Ace right after
3: that, he did because the other. I'm suddenly having all these Jim Carrey. He had a big part of my childhood, I guess, because yeah. the other movie. My family we watched all the time was The Truman Show. Mm -hmm. Loved that movie. And that
0: movie fucking holds up. That
3: movie is so fucking good. Yeah, when I think about it, I think I went and saw
4: every Jim Carrey movie from 94 to probably 2000, and like whenever mm -hmm. Eternal Sunshine. I think maybe the first movie I didn't go see was The Majestic. mm -hmm.
0: But every other one... I
4: that, was front row center uh, at the theater. That's why I
0: remember my parents renting the Majestic on VHS, mm-hmm. and I, I sat that one out that night, it's which bo- is like, <laughs> it just kind of felt boring. Sh- but it's shocking because it's Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just surprised that I ch- I opted out of that. Yeah, evening with my parents,
4: and then he kind of had a, a a string of stinkers with like the number twenty three. And you take that back. <laughs> we tried to Some...
3: rewatch, or we tried to watch that recently, and it
4: was unbearable. I, like, wow. couldn't even. Had get to, to force it. myself to finish the movie. It was pretty mm-hmm. terrible.
3: But then he's also, I mean, he, he bounces back pretty quickly because Bruce Almighty is like one of the hugest movies.
4: True, but yeah. I was already kind of growing out of him at that point.
3: Sure, I'm just saying.
4: But I remember when he did Man on the Moon and I'm being surprised that he mm-hmm. could be so dramatic and was, yeah. like, Great. sad. And it's funny because you see it in this he has a couple of moments in this movie where he he switches to emotional. Mm-hmm. And oh my god. And he's really so good at it. It's
0: mm-hmm. still funny and hilarious, but you yeah. can see the actor in there. And, and that does that's that. my mm-hmm. biggest complaint about the movie is it doesn't do more of that. Sure. I I was legitimately on board and it just felt like Gimmicky Mm -hmm. uh, additions rather than two filmmakers who were saying like, let's keep adding this stuff in because it makes the film more powerful. Mm, Okay, The juxtaposition of the real heartfelt emotional stuff mixed with the absurd comedy I thought could have made a better movie. What did you watch this on? I watched it on Blu-ray unrated edition. Uh, More dumb than ever. That's exact copy that I have. And I'll say that I watched this for the first time.
4: Like, I've seen this movie 1,000 times. As I mentioned on the Clueless episode, there was a string of movies that I watched every night. Clueless is one of them. Dumb and Dumber was one of them. Beverly Hillbillies. So I've seen this movie so many times that it's really in my bones. I have had this. I think Corey got me this Blu-ray for my- I did? I think you got it for my birthday one year many years ago.
3: Zero memory of that. that. There's no way. It's true. She hasn't seen
0: the movie and yet she thought. You did it. There was
4: one birthday you probably couldn't think of a good gift for me.
3: Were you trying to get a lot of Blu-rays at the time? There was
4: one birthday where you gave me a little bundle of Blu-rays. And this was one of them.
3: You think I didn't, I couldn't think Yuck of an yeah. idea. How rude. That well, actually it was, sounds like a very thoughtful. It was because gift. it
4: was movies that you knew I loved. It wasn't new movies. It was movies that I didn't own on Blu-ray.
3: Wow. So I'm actually an excellent gift giver.
4: The only issue is, is that this is the unrated version. And
3: maybe it's all they had.
4: And I got to say, this is a travesty. This is not only a travesty <laughs> to Blu-rays. This is a travesty to Dumb and Dumber.
3: Jack was getting so mad, any added scene, he would be like, this is an added scene, this isn't, just don't think that this is in the movie.
4: So here's, here's the problem.
3: And you were right.
4: I'll point them out as we go through the movie, what all these deleted scenes are. Everything added in this movie, not only when you realize, okay, this is an added scene, immediately when the scene is over, you know exactly why they cut the scene, because mm-hmm. it's making the movie actively worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In various reasons, but the biggest one is that I would say 80% of this added stuff is homophobic.
3: 100%.
4: And so it turns this movie that I think theatrically and what we've all become adjusted to on home video and on television, I do not think this is a problematic movie really at all. This unrated version is one of the most problematic things I've ever seen.
3: I know it was crazy because if you did cut all those scenes, I was thinking until they started happening, I was like, wow, because I was going into this movie thinking like, okay, buckle up, this is early 90s, this is probably going to be bad, like mm-hmm. uncomfortable, problematic. And there really wasn't, and it was every scene that they cut.
4: The Dumb and Dumber that we all know and love is not a problematic movie at all. This unrated cut is ridiculous. It's it's scarily problematic. I can't even believe it. I hate it. And the, the biggest travesty of this is that there is no other version on Blu-ray available. The, you cannot get the theatrical well, cut in any other way. The most on
0: disappointing aspect about that is... Include it. That's fine. Include it. But give us the original yeah. cut. Yes. It doesn't take any extra work. It's so and the so disc can fit it. It's not like there's an audio commentary on here or an <laughs> yeah. hour and a half long doc. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few deleted scenes that I wish I never saw. <laughs> yeah. And the and a twenty minute doc mm-hmm. and trailers. That's it. And I, I didn't
4: think the transfer looked good either. I could see a lot of flaws in the look of the movie too. It's not a good Blu-ray at all. Yeah, and
0: I'm. I think both of us are very much against any time a filmmaker, or maybe this wasn't the filmmaker. It's not. It's not a
4: director's cut. This is this clearly. I don't know what year this came out in, but there was a period in the mid 2000s where it was really popular to release comedy movies in their like, uncut, unrated version, so you could get was all that, the- Was that
3: when the, that Dumb and Dumber movie came out? Maybe it was like a-
4: I think it was like a post-old school thing, because um. old school is so raunchy, and American Pie and all that stuff. Like All those movies then had re-releases where it was like- More explicit material added in, and I think they just went back and did that to all comedy movies, which worked
0: on me as a kid. But Mm -hmm. um, those were for movies that I had that I don't I don't care if old school adds a couple scenes because it's stupid.
4: There's what this really highlights because I was tempted to go back and rewatch Dumb and Dumber Two because I remember going to see that movie and feeling like this is a travesty. Like they should have never made Dumb and Dumber Two. I'm not talking about Dumb and Dumber. -er. You
0: were tempted.
4: Well, I didn't do it because I'm smart. I'm not dumb. But what, Justin, the reason why I was tempted is I wanted to,
3: I think. Are they in Dumb and Dumber 2? Yeah,
4: yeah, they are. I think this movie still, for me, not the unrated version, but I think the movie inside here, the real movie, still holds up and I think is a classic comedy. And what I wanted to do was rewatch Dumb and Dumber 2 and try to pinpoint what it what where things went wrong between this movie, why this movie works so well for me and why something like Dumb and Dumber 2 feels like an abomination. And I didn't have to go back and rewatch it because what this unrated version did for me was reveal that when they made this movie, they're walking such a tight wire that when you put in these deleted scenes and this unrated material, and you makes you realize that this movie was probably made in the editing room. Yeah, And somebody, be it the Farrelly brothers or the editor or the producer, they did decide to cut that stuff. And I think what they released in theaters, they make the characters just obnoxious enough and just likable enough for you to hang on the whole time. A lot of the humor I remember in Dumb and Dumber 2 was very similar to what this unrated version puts in there, where it was like Mm mean-spirited. Turn the characters into psychopaths. Yeah, And you see with this unrated version that one little scene, one little... 30-second addition to a scene can make all the difference in how you feel about these characters. And so I think that it sort of explains why Dumb and Dumber 2 sucks ass because Dumb and Dumber 2 came out post-Apatow Post Seth mm. Rogen and Danny McBride, who really blew out that, let's improvise, let's put as many alt jokes as we can in these things. And I think you need somebody to be focusing on character and story with comedies as as well. And you can't just, a funny joke can't just go in because it's funny. It's kind of got to work with the tone and everything of yeah. the movie.
0: This is like The Matrix, the first Matrix movie. <laughs> yeah. It was a debut. Lightning for in them, a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. And they had a lot of cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. who were probably worried and and. Creating restrictions, probably in post, that made the movie better.
4: It's interesting that this, like you mentioned, this is a debut film. And this does not ever really get put on the list of the Reservoir Dogs, the Citizen Canes, the Boys in the Hood, the, the movies that were first time filmmakers making their first film that made a huge impact. This movie was huge. And still has a huge impact. People don't really credit this as like a first time for the Farrelly brothers, but it was. They had never made a movie before. They had to scrape and claw to get this movie made. Mm -hmm. You talk about leaving reviews. I would love to start a petition to get them to release this movie on Blu-ray in its theatrical cut. Because if I was Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels, I would want this buried. You know (laughs) Why is this the only available version that you can see? On Blu-ray. If I was with anybody involved in this movie, I would say, "Guys, we got to get this one off the market and put the regular they pr- one back Do,
0: in. They have never popped this Blu-ray never. disc. Into they don't. Their yeah, they probably don't, they don't even know. know. They probably yeah. don't even know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I come out of this experience not really wanting to give, not really wanting to give the Fairley Brothers that much credit in all of this. Like the things that work about the movie to me feel like exclusively performance well, stuff that's or a little, com- it's their film it's their tone it's their script that's that's fine but i i, I came out of this feeling not the same as you that it, I, I didn't come out of this feeling like it's a brilliant classic movie uh-huh. that still holds up i felt like even beyond the unrated stuff there were still things about it that were hard for me to watch and like a little cringeworthy and not funny but like the movie also got me to laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. So my whole experience with this movie that I'm gonna be working through until we get to the end when you ask me how I feel about it is like the conflicted feelings of like still laughing in a lot of places Mm -hmm. while also not really liking what I'm seeing. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it as we go through
4: it. And by the way, the other thing about this fucking movie, oh my God, this made me so mad. There is a scene in this movie that is missing a song. There's no oh, yeah. background music in one of these scenes and it makes the scene feel so empty and weird. Which scene? The scene when they first go to the to the bar with the red hot with the chili pepper bar? Uh-huh. The f- the opening scene of that when they eat the chili peppers and start squirting the ketchup and mustard in their mouths. If you watch that scene, there is no music in that scene, but it's supposed to have uh, the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead by the Crash Test Dummies. Iconic. Like, it's an iconic song. It's the first fucking song on the soundtrack. Why do you think they would cut that? I'm sure because this is the unrated version, it counts as a different movie. So I guarantee you they have to renegotiate the rights for it, and I bet you they just couldn't get the rights to it. You think they
0: had, but they could get the rights to, mm, 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 mm. I, d-
4: I can't <laughs> explain it. It's not in the movie. It's not in, the, mm. it's not on the DVD. It seems
0: like a glitch. Seems like they exported it from, uh avid and
4: well either way it's just one more reason why this is a fucking travesty yeah. well honestly justin i'm bummed as hell that you and i both watched this supremely compromised version of the movie and we're having to talk about it and base our our rewatch and our our feelings of how we've evolved and how we've grown we have to base it off of something that is not the film yeah it's it's bad
0: should we pause the podcast and and <laughs> reconvene next week with the? proper.
4: I wish we could. The only thing that helps me is that I know the original movie so well that I could, you know, instantly I felt every every new additional scene. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into this fucked up version of Dumb and Dumber right here on Cinema. welcome back to cinema possessed we are talking
2: (laughs) what (laughs) my radio dj voice through you yes welcome back to
4: cinema possessed we are talking dumb and dumber uh this movie opens in providence rhode island a limo pulls up a man sticks his head out of the back we think maybe he's being driven but folks he's not getting driven
1: excuse me could you tell me how to get to the medical school I'm supposed to be doing a lecture in about 20 minutes and my driver's a bit lost. You go straight ahead and uh, you make the left over the bridge. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? (laughs) Well, then, good day, mate. (laughs) Let's put another shrimp on the barbie.
0: Let's not.
3: So
4: this is Lloyd. This is Jim Carrey, Lloyd Christmas.
3: As do you know all about how much money Jim Carrey made for this movie and about the manifesting thing?
4: Tell us. What's the manifesting well, thing I
3: remembered. I remembered this interview that i had seen on Oprah years ago, and I looked it back up and it was real. So when Jim Carrey went on Oprah, I don't know, sometime in the 90s, this was when she was like really big into The Secret, mm-hmm. manifesting your destiny. And Jim Carrey's really big about that and had been for years. And he wrote himself a check for $10 million. This, I think, was when he was doing In Living Color and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, I just want directors to want me to be in their movies and all this stuff. And he would, like, think about that. And so he wrote himself a check for $10 million and he gave himself five years, like, marked it the day of Thanksgiving five years later and was, like, just had it in his wallet. And that was how much time, like, he gave himself and then right before Thanksgiving, five years later, he got the call that he was going to make $10 million for Dumb and Dumber, so, which is
4: insane. Yeah, he, he did Ace Ventura uh-huh. first, got paid normal rate for whatever, you know, probably scale. Which was
0: probably like a million dollars still.
4: But again, nobody knew who he was. They only knew him from In Living in in Color. Then he did the mask. He was in negotiations to do Dumb and Dumber, and they, they were going to pay him $1 million for Dumb and Dumber.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Ace Ventura came out.
0: Opening weekend, blew the box office off the doors. They almost signed with him, too, before, yeah. like few days before. They, they could waited have inked the deal, but they <laughs> yeah. waited too long. They waited
4: too long, and his agents renegotiated for $7 wow. million. And so in total, between The Mask, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber, he got $10 million yeah. in, that, so in that one time. And then two years after this movie, in 1996, Jim Carrey was able to negotiate $20 million for the cable guy. So from 1994 to 1996, Jim Carrey essentially became the biggest star in Hollywood. Yeah. That was unprecedented. Nobody had ever gotten paid $20 million, especially for a comedy. That's like action movie money. And um, changed the whole game. And people were freaking out too. People in the industry were like, this is dangerous. We can't pay actors $20 million. And it's hysterical that it was for Cable Guy, which was a notorious flop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, well-deserved money film. for him.
4: His tooth is real. That chipped tooth that he has in this movie. Really? Is a, actually, He chipped his tooth when he was a kid. He got a cap put on it, and he took the cap out for this movie. Wow. And for that alone, I think that's worth the $7 million. He should have gotten an Oscar for that tooth.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, we meet Harry, who is Jeff Daniels driving this Mutt Cuts mobile, which I think this is kind of interesting. You don't see this job in movies. I've never seen a... Uh, a dog groomer in the classic job movie job world. This is kind of the original one. Mm-hmm. He's driving this big fluffy truck around that looks like a shaggy dog. He's got a bunch of dogs in the backseat. He's feeding them lunch before he takes them to a dog show. Hot dogs. Foot long! Who's got the foot long? And this whole thing is very exciting. You're getting all these sort of action movie shots of the mm-hmm. car. Ramping over the yeah. hills and skidding across the thing he's getting there fast.
0: Meanwhile the dogs are being thrown around the back. <laughs>
4: yeah. Second thought, you may just want to run a comb through him. Did you see that nicholas Cage was originally cast as uh Harry as wow, Jeff Daniels really? part? I don't think I caught that. They they were courting him to do it and he was interested, but he wanted two million dollars. Mm-hmm. And they were not willing to pay that character two million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up um Going and doing Leaving Las Vegas, in which he won an Academy Award. So kind of worked out for everybody. Jim Carrey wanted an actor to play Harry. He said, I don't want a comedian because I don't want this to be about upstaging each other. I want a real actor who listens and reacts and will just be the character. Smart. But then they found Jeff Daniels. And Jim Carrey and the Farrelly brothers loved Jeff Daniels, but the studio did not. And apparently the studio paid him a measly like $50,000. Damn. In an effort to try to get him to turn down the offer. And apparently Jeff Daniels' agents also wanted him to turn it down because they were like... It will ruin you. This this will ruin you. This is a stupid script. And Jim Carrey will walk all over you because he's such a powerful comedic force. But Jeff Daniels believed in it. And he said one of his agents was like, hey, man, if you like it, go do it. You You can do whatever you want. And so... He chose to do it. And obviously, he's
0: hilarious. He's he's perfect in the role. Yeah. It would be interesting, though, to imagine Nick Cage for yeah. a, for a moment. I feel
3: like that would have become more like who's the crazier, Yeah, though. Yeah. That yeah. would have done the same thing.
4: I can see it in some way because, you know, you look at something like uh, Raising Arizona and you can see the version of Nick Cage that That's would work true. really well in this movie. But- I think it all worked out for the better. So then Lloyd picks up Mary, who's this very wealthy woman. She's got a briefcase. He's taking her to the airport. He's immediately the second he lays eyes on her, it does the scarface thing where it like pushes in on his face and the mm-hmm. beautiful music comes in. And I I think this music is good. It sets the it sets a romantic tone. Yeah. Oh. Music here was done by Todd Rundgren, who is a rock star who did that song. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. And uh, he fucking kills the music here. I mean, this is, this is music to fall in love to if you are an idiot like me. He like grabs his heart at one point. <laughs> <laughs> you know if that's happening in a movie, you're dealing with a creep. Yeah, if yeah. you you can't really do love at first sight without me thinking that the character is probably a creep if they yeah. immediately fall in love with somebody mm-hmm. based
0: on nothing. Yeah, just based just on the yeah, yeah.
4: first first time seeing them. Mary is played by Lauren Holly, who I only know from Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Mm-hmm.
0: She plays his uh, girlfriend and wife. Yeah,
4: in Turbulence with Ray Liotta, but I don't think I ever saw her in any other movies. I think she's pretty good in this movie. And Jim, Dar- Jim Carrey and her were a couple for a while after this movie. It's
0: very disappointing that she... Like, how does she not blow up after this movie?
4: Yeah. Well, it's not the best Because Hollywood is fucking sexist. <laughs> she's she's beautiful and she does a good job in it, but it's not really a great part. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, what does give, she get to do? Give she her just... a break. I think she does a great job in
0: it. She does a great job.
4: Hey, in this case, I'm blaming the Fairly. It's not
3: her fault that it's not a great part. Yeah, exactly. But she was fine. By the way, only she's Peter pretty. Farrelly...
4: Only Peter Farrelly directed this film, and I think that's probably because the the Directors Guild has you know pretty Mm -hmm. specific rules about duos, and I think definitely at that time they weren't really allowing duos, so you had to pick one. That's why Joel Cohen directs most of the early Cohen brothers. Yeah,
0: but all the behind the scenes stuff, they're always referring. The actors are always referring to the both. They clearly co-directed the Mm -hmm. film.
4: They co-wrote it, but only one credited. And now that one credited is an Oscar winner for Green Book, Uh, which is insane. Well deserved too, right? (laughs) He tells her, um, me and my buddy Harry are about to open our own pet store. I got worms. That's what we're going to call it. We're going to specialize in selling worm farms.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he begins to describe the statistics of uh, crashes. And <laughs> as he's causing as all he's this havoc. he's not looking where he's driving. A lot of bad drivers out there. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so he brings her to the airport. They have this long, awkward hug. He makes her hug him. Mm-hmm. Creepy. And then as she's walking away, he has this funny moment where he goes, Beep strong (laughs) um and as he's driving away he's watching her and he notices that she sets down her briefcase which we soon find out is because she's doing a money exchange with some criminals
0: yeah but also the hilarious crash that happens first (laughs) he's looking at her crashes into the car goodbye my love his airbag goes off (laughs) and then he bites it yeah (laughs) The, he's wrestling with the airbag is like classic Jim Carrey. The
4: the two mobsters are Mental and Shay. Mental is played by Mike Starr, who is a guy you've seen in a mm-hmm. trillion movies. He plays mm-hmm. a lot of mobsters. And Shay is played by Karen Duffy, who is an MTV VJ named mm-hmm. Duff.
0: I thought she was great.
4: She was really good. Yeah. She has kind of a Janine Garofalo vibe. Mm-hmm. Lloyd ends up running in at the last second and grabbing the briefcase before they can get it and trying to get it back to her. He fails, he ends up falling through a jetway, and um, they are really confused, they don't know who he is
0: what he's doing but this is the beginning of them thinking that he's like somehow a super yeah. smart like, this guy's good which yeah. is my
3: favorite part of the yeah. movie like that storyline is the most fun i, I wish they like, did Aw, that Aw. more me too I, yeah. Yeah. me too
4: it's it reminded me of like tucker and dale
0: mm-hmm.
3: how they mm-hmm.
4: exactly. everything they do they're doing sort of on accident but they mm-hmm. people think they're interpreting it as like yeah. they're these malicious that's killers that's a classic
0: gag that never gets yeah.
4: old lloyd and harry end up meeting up together we get to see their shitty apartment they have a poster of Bo Derek from Tin hanging up in the room. They have their huge worm farm. It's kind of a trashed place. And um, we see that Harry has a pet parakeet named Petey. Lloyd tells Harry how he fell in love with this woman. Sparks flew. Motions ran high. She actually talked to him. And then they get a knock on the door and they look through the peephole and they see it's these two mobsters who have have followed Lloyd back. They think it's because they didn't pay the gas bill and that it's Mm -hmm. the gas company coming to Mm -hmm. kill them because they see that they have guns. Yeah. Um, Do you realize what you've done? So they flee out the back window. They bust in. This is the first edition to this movie. So they see that they're gone. The, the briefcase is gone. They consider trashing the place, but because the place is already such a dump, they're like, that's not going to do any good. So um, Mental decides to kill the parakeet Petey. And in the original cut of the movie, he just opens up the cage, reaches in and says, I thought I thought a pooty cat. Yeah. And you hear the bird kind of squeak, and then it cuts away. In this unrated version of it, you see him kill the fucking parrot. It, it like cuts back to Shay, and she like makes a disgusted face, and it cuts back to him as he snaps the bird's neck. So right away, I was like, oh, that's one of the new things. That was unnecessary, especially for a movie that's clearly going to be kind of geared towards kids. But that's not the most egregious thing in this unrated version. Mm-hmm. So they end up getting back together. They, they say they have no money. They have no jobs. Lloyd's like, I'm going to go get some beer and Harry says well just get the bare essentials because this is our last dollar and then there's like a hard cut to him. <laughs> walking down the sidewalk with this huge cowboy hat yeah, hold he's holding like one of those paddle ball games in a box filled with like lawn ornaments and, and
3: the song that's playing which good god this song has like stood the test of time is that Nick Cave song Red Right Hand and that, I know that song because it's the intro to Peaky Blinders, and but it's in so many things.
4: It's like the theme song to Scream.
3: Yeah, it's honestly shocking to me that a newer show like Peaky Blinders and trailers and movies would use this song anymore because it's used. Yeah. So I'm like, this damn, this man started. must be making so much money off of this one song.
4: There's a video of me as a little kid. Uh, reenacting just this scene from Dumb and Dumber. I play the scene on the TV so you can hear red right hand coming and I'm just doing Jim Carrey. I have a cowboy hat on. I'm holding a box of stuff. I I try to like open up the the newspaper thing I go,
3: gripes! Do you have this? We (laughs) need to watch this We need to post it. His
0: one liner to the old lady before he walks off is hysterical
4: I guess what they say is true Senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel can still serve a purpose.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, also to the way she whizzes by on her little yeah. scooter and then stops and backs up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. Didn't even see it coming.
0: It gets worse, Lloyd.
1: My parakeet Petey? Huh? He's dead. Oh, Oh, man, I'm sorry, Harry. What happened? His head fell off. His head fell off? Yeah, he was pretty old. Oh, that's it. I've had it with this dump. We got
3: no food. We got no jobs. Our pet's heads are falling off. That was the best scene. I thought that was the scene that actually made me laugh. Yeah. Was this, that little. Mm Mm-hmm. Time. We
4: got to get out of this town. I want to go someplace where we know somebody who can plug us into the social pipeline. Horrifying. <laughs> Just horrifying. And this is like the first sort of emotional moment where Jim Carrey is like,
1: You know what I'm sick and tired of, Harry? I'm sick and tired of having to eke my way through life. sick and tired of being a nobody. But most of all, i sick and tired of having nobody.
3: That was, I wrote down, like, that Good. was like, mm-hmm. okay, Jim Carrey, you can act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the the way he drops in That's and the ridiculous. tears in his eyes, yeah. you you actually do feel for him. You better not be fooled. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Okay.
0: There's, um... Another aspect of this movie that made me have a little bit of a, an epiphany. Huh. I don't know if you could see it, but I saw it all over the fucking place. Mm. So much of early Jack and Justin. All I could see. In Chicago, Jack and Justin in Hollywood. You're talking about our old web series. Our wardrobe, our personalities. All mm. I could see. Our jokes, see. the scenarios, yeah. the way we creep after girls <laughs> in like yeah. our motivations. Yeah. were all dumb and dumber.
4: And mm-hmm.
0: the emotional. Mm-hmm. like the yeah it hit me when they when any sort of like when they hug each other and the big yeah. emotional music comes doing swelling Jim in Jim Carrey impersonation mm-hmm. but none and of, Jack and Jess just yeah. to clarify we never had discussions about no. that we never said oh, I don't think you and I ever have even watched Dumb and Dumber together we didn't say let's homage Dumb and Dumber never. it just that's how much it influenced us it's in us. our bones but yeah the scene where Jim Carrey is convincing Jeff Daniels to go with him to Aspen yeah. felt mm-hmm. so much like every premise of every episode mm-hmm. of our show mm-hmm. me always trying to rope you into something mm-hmm. you don't want to do. And it's, you've got to get to the verge of tears to do and it. It's inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but and, sweet and, as like a friendship story, and um, we're always losing each other and then finding, reconnecting in the Getting end. Getting into a fight. Um, it's yeah. probably
3: because I know you guys, but I was like, I just want to watch Jack and Justin uh, <laughs> episodes, not this.
4: Yeah. yeah. So he convinces Harry that they should go to Aspen. So they hit the road. They go to a diner. This is another moment where Some new shit comes in here. Mm -hmm. They ask the waitress, excuse me, Flo, what is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mm, That sounds good. I'll have that. (laughs) Then the added part is that Harry says, oh, excuse me, my drink is flat. Yes,
1: my soda is flat. It doesn't have any bubbles.
4: And she takes the drink from him and then like meanly blows bubbles into it. Happy now. Not in the original movie. It's very weird because it's like she's being weird. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason why so much of this movie works is that the world around them is like relatively normal. It has occasional little exaggerated things. But like this, it feels like a weird David Lynch movie all of a sudden with her doing that. It's not funny.
0: It's not funny. But my interpretation is that they're an awful table. Yes. Like, do you want to wait on them?
4: It's one of those forced jokes, though, where she's like staring at him, blowing these big bubbles in the drink, and it just like kind of looks stupid. It's immediately like, of course they cut this scene. It doesn't doesn't work. So at this point, while I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I kind of wish I wasn't watching this unrated version because that kind of stunk. And I didn't like the bird thing either, but oh, whatever. I'm not too offended. And also,
0: that's not unrated. That's like, that's just meddling. Yeah. It's the just meddling it's edition. which just adding <laughs> stupid
4: bullshit that they yeah. decided didn't work in the first place. So uh, Harry ends up spilling some salt. Lloyd does not want any bad luck because it's bad luck to spill the salt. So he tells him to throw some salt over his right shoulder. Harry throws the entire salt shaker and it hits this guy the back of the restaurant named Seabass. Seabass gets up, It's very intimidating. He comes over and spits in Harry's burger. This is added too. That happens in the original movie, but you don't see the spit. In this version, you see this like lingering, disgusting. disgusting brown spit glob come out of his mouth and then it hangs on it for long. He's like, are you gonna eat it now? And he's like, no, and he takes the burger from him. And again, it's just like it ruins a perfectly good moment that was fine in the original cut. You just heard him spit. He leans over and you hear the sound and then it cuts to the next scene. Mm. So then they decide to play a prank on him. Lloyd comes up with the idea of going up to Seabass's table, apologizing, telling him, hey, I want to buy you guys a round of beers on us. Then they go to the checkout lady and they say, those guys want to buy our meal and bounce, which is a reference to another Jeff Daniels movie. Jeff Daniels does that to Ray Liotta in Something Wild, mm. which I think is probably purposeful because it later in the scene after this, he says, how did you know to do that? And uh, Jim Carrey says, saw it in a movie once. Nice. And he was like, well, did he get away scot-free? And he's like, no, they caught up with him down the road and slit their throats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever like done that? Have you ever had a sea bass situation where you've been, you know, almost gotten into a fight or gotten into it with a- At a restaurant?
0: Mm-hmm. No.
3: I mean, I've as a bartender have maybe I guess gotten into it with a customer, but not as customer on customer. My
4: closest is my Waffle House story.
3: Oh yeah, that's a scary one. That is ex- It's very sea bass. Yeah,
4: me and my friend Matt were going to go meet a friend at Waffle House at like eleven p.m. at night.
3: It would be at Waffle House.
4: <laughs> Nobody else was in there except for this group of four guys were sitting at a booth, big burly dudes. Right as we walked in, I very clearly, loudly heard the F word, the homophobic slur. So immediately I was like, oh, okay, a little on edge. We sit down at a booth and these guys are laughing and talking. And I kind of side-eyed to see them, and I s- noticed that they're all covered in tattoos. And this one guy has a tattoo on his neck that says "Rebel Pride,"
0: Ugh. and then he, on his
4: arm he had like that but was his- a,
0: like a Star Wars reference, the Rebel. Yeah, he's the oh. Re-
4: That was like his nice tattoo. Nice. <laughs> his 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 tattoo on his arm was like these deep claw marks where it's sh- like a bear shredded his skin, but underneath the skin was the Confederate flag. Hell yeah, <laughs> oh. metal. <laughs> So I was like, okay, these guys are kind of scary. All of a sudden, I loudly hear that guy say, I fucked bigger guys than him in prison.
3: Oh, my God. Which
4: two things ran through my mind there. I remember that part. One, that's a line from Roadhouse. So I thought, interesting, he's saying he's Roadhouse. a Roadhouse fan. Yeah, he's yeah. a Roadhouse fan. But then the second thing I thought is, could he be
0: talking about me?
4: It felt very pointed. Felt like he was wanting me to hear something. Yeah,
0: he saw a tall guy walk in and he he needed to show he was a man. Yeah. Oh, Jack, gotta put this kid <laughs> in his place. And at this
4: point, I'm like the lankiest I've ever been. I have long hair. I'm dressed in shorts and a button-up flannel. But I don't pay any attention to him. I mean, I am. I'm listening to and you're everything like they're saying. Yeah. But I'm not looking at them. I'm not, we're not giving them any attention. And then I hear him go yeah, I'm talking about you in the blue. And I <laughs> realized I'm wearing a blue flannel. And so I look up at my friend, Matt, and I'm like, I think they're talking about. Me. Did
0: you order yet?
4: We'd ordered coffee
0: mm-hmm.
4: and we've been brought the coffee, mm-hmm. but we were, we were waiting. Was on our
3: f- waitress working there?
4: No, it wasn't Miss was oh. It was different. I was wow. like, I think these guys are talking about me. And he was like, Yeah, I think they are too.
3: Oh my God, I'm scared.
4: And the third person that we were waiting on was our friend who is non-binary and often dressed in like a very proudly queer way. So I knew when they got there, this was not going to get any better. This was going to get bad. So I was like, I think we maybe should. And he was like, okay, fine. So we threw down cash. We didn't even tell the waitress that we were leaving. We just threw down enough cash to pay for the two coffees that we had ordered. And we got up and we walked out and they were staring at us the whole time. Can they- you
0: add dramatic music under this as you're <laughs> please, telling this story please. in the podcast? They were they were eyeballing us the whole way out because they
4: knew. They were
0: laughing. They were. They were and- How
3: old do you think they were?
0: Uh, probably in their early 30s. I also want you Psycho to guys. add sound effects, too. So, like, start the yeah. engine, cars <laughs> yeah. to, st- starting, stuff yeah. like that. And
4: these are big guys. I mean, I was, I was scared. I did not want to get into a fight with these guys. Um, so I just, you know, stared straight ahead as we walked out. We get to the car. I text our friend saying, hey, let's meet somewhere else. My friend Matt starts getting out a cigarette. He rolls down the window. He lights a cigarette, and he goes... I'm going to flip them off. And I said, don't, please, don't flip them off. Like, we're in the car. Let's just go. It's not worth it. He doesn't say anything. So he turns on the car. He puts it in reverse. He starts slowly pulling out of the parking lot. And I can see through the big Waffle House windows that they are still watching us. And they got these big grins on their faces. Right as we get to the edge of the parking lot, Matt stops the car, fully stops it extends his left hand out the driver's side window. It was like slow motion, like no! <laughs> and flips him the bird and I kid you not, in a split second, all four of these dudes jump out of their seats and start running towards the door. So he gasses it. We pull into the road and right when we get into the road, we hit a red light. We're not even a half a block away from the Waffle House.
3: Run the red light! Run the red light! And so,
4: I am pissed. I'm like... Now I want kind of like, thriller music. (laughs) I'm like, why the fuck did you flip them off? I told you not to do that. I'm whipping my head around. I'm looking behind us. We're kind of at the bottom of this hill, but again, only about a half a block away from the Waffle House. So I can see the Waffle House there, but I cannot see the parking lot. I can't see what the guys are doing. And... We're going, come on, come on. I turn back around to the back window, and one of these guys has already come up over the hill on foot, and he is right at the car, and he punches my window. And right then, Matt just steps on the gas and runs the red light and goes. But We did not see what car these guys they were driving. They didn't try
0: to open the door or anything? No,
4: he punched it. He punched the window like, hard hard, hard.
3: Did you see his face? Oh yeah. And Can like what still was he doing? His
0: face.
4: Fury, anger, like I'm this is my opportunity to murder somebody. I want to you this is the kind of guy who wanted a fight. He was not going to wait to get in a car. He was going to just run straight to us and kill us Wow, in the car.
3: Thank God they didn't get in the car. Oh my God, car. So,
4: so we ended up taking off and got on the highway, but the problem was is we never saw what kind of vehicle they had. So every pair of headlights behind us we thought could have been them. So we were like, we can't go home. We can't go, like we just need to drive around. So we just start kind of like going through areas. We drove around for probably 30 minutes until we were convinced that like they weren't. And fit. this
0: happens every week in Arkansas? At, <laughs> yeah, at Waffle House.
4: But you'll find those people anywhere. That's what you learn. It's not just in the South. The soundtrack for this movie is a banger. I had it on tape as a kid. I have it on vinyl as an adult. I love this soundtrack. So much so that Justin and I dressed up as the soundtrack for Halloween <laughs> one year.
0: You look so much
4: like... Uh, Jeff Daniels? Harry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so- you look when you put that wig on, you mm-hmm. looked like Jim Carrey, too. But yeah, it's a great soundtrack. The Farley brothers have a very distinct style with their soundtracks. If you watch... Me, myself, and Irene. Something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber. All those movies have these kind of weird Gen X soundtracks. That's like soft rock, deep cuts from bands you've like never really heard of, like Beat Droge <laughs> mm-hmm. and Dead Eye Dick. Mm-hmm.
0: Annoying song. I oh, agree. it's great. It's vegetarian, <laughs> animal, animal.
2: If you
4: don't love me, I'll kill myself. Excruciating. That's a great song. The soundtrack is so good that there's a bunch of songs in the movie that aren't even included on the soundtrack, including the song mm-hmm. from the Crash Test Dummies, "Pretty Woman," Nick Cave, "Red Right Hand." This is a banger, mm-hmm. banger after banger after banger. So they get they get back on the road. He tells them that the the story about in the movie they came and slit their throats so Jeff Daniels starts driving faster Lloyd has to pee but Jeff Daniels will not stop the van so he starts peeing in beer bottles Mm -hmm. he pees he fills up like five of them Mm -hmm. and Jim Carrey's really good in this too because he's he's doing all these sort of like (laughs) Like yeah, He's and making I'll, these motions. Dude, little
0: details like when he's switching from one bottle to an next, yeah. and you hear the sound effect of the mm-hmm. pee splatter everywhere so for like a second. In
4: his disparity <laughs> when he's like, come on, come
3: on. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing you- it. Have you ever peed in a bottle? Yeah, of
0: course.
3: Really? In yeah, all driver? the time
0: while driving 50 miles an hour. Wow. I've never done it while driving. Okay.
3: So are you like, it's just so, it's so different for a guy to pee than a girl because yes. a girl can go like splatter out like... <sighs> Like yeah, it's like a freaking easier. hose that you have no clue what's going on, where it's going. It's easier for us. Yeah,
0: you make a, you still make a mess, but you know, you as make long a mess you...
3: like you piss on your hand. It's dripping down no, the no, water. no, no, not like that. Oh. But you're, there's
0: no way to do it totally clean. You're driving. Yeah, I you're shatter taking... a bottle. <laughs> I uh, shatter bottle to make it uh-huh. wide enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I stick my dick <laughs> all the way inside.
4: The design of the penis is actually perfect for peeing into all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It's the one leg up that we have over females. Yeah, the yeah. one leg. The third leg, you would say. I actually did it one time when you and I, Justin, shared an apartment and there was only one bathroom in there. Got in there first. We were coming back from something and I think you had to go number two and I had to go number one, but we both had to go bad. Mm-hmm. So it was decided that You could go to the bathroom, and I had to figure out another option. Why don't
3: you just pee in the sink? Why would you pee in a bottle?
4: Ooh, that's kind of gross to pee in a community sink that we both use.
0: Have you ever shit in a bottle before? No. Have you ever shit while driving before? Yes. Tell us that story. <laughs> I was not driving. Forget dri- the movie. Tell us about this. I was
4: not driving. You might recall in a previous episode how sometimes I would get a stomach ache at school and have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And before I discovered the nurse's office bathroom, I would just sometimes call my parents to come pick me up. So I did. I had to I had a bad stomach ache, went through all the rigmarole to get the nurse to let me call my mom. She came and picked me up. And right when I got into the car, I said, get home now. <laughs>
0: Of course, she immediately just started laughing at me. Can you add the same dramatic music Uh from (laughs) the Waffle House chase sequence to here? And it
4: was very similar to what Jim Carrey was doing. I was like going, come on, come on, speed up. We get to my neighborhood. And you know how when your body knows you're close to home, Mm -hmm. that's when you basically start to lose all control. (laughs) Well, essentially, as we were turning onto my street, my but decided it was not going to hold back anymore. Ugh. And so, oh essentially, God. as we were rolling into the driveway, I'm sitting passenger side, filling my jeans. No!
2: Ew.
3: Why do you have to say it like that? And that's,
4: that's what happened. And I stepped out of the van, and it rolled down my leg. Ugh. Out of my pants.
0: It was solid turds. Well, like,
4: at this they... point, it was a snowball style. You know what I mean? Like it rolled <laughs> Wait, down,
0: so it left a stain all the way down your legs and your jeans. Yeah, like
4: imagine a boulder comes running out of your boot cut <laughs> jeans. This so, is
3: a Dumb and Dumber fucking episode. Yeah. And I remember for having sure. to go
4: inside. My mom was like laughing her ass off at me, but being like, "Don't don't get it on the floor. Carefully, go take your pants off, throw them in the trash. They will not be saved." And then oh, I had, could have been saved. Who, a, but
3: then his mom would have had to be the one to clean throw that out of yeah. the
0: washing machine. And get,
3: and get shit all in your washing machine. You have to be really careful yeah. about that stuff. No. With like, you cannot just throw it into a wash. Folks, it will destroy your washing machine. Folks, if
4: you're an adult and you dump your pants, you just gotta throw them <laughs> into the trash can.
0: It's just so disappointing how much effort went into helping you get home, and only for me to fail right shit at the end. Your pants <gasps> right at the end.
4: And then I had to go outside with a flat shovel and scoop it up and throw it into the yard, because it was on the driveway. It was just sitting there. Oh my
2: God. Very
4: embarrassed, I was very upset. Told her not to tell anybody. And Do you think she told your dad? So I was sitting at home watching TV. My dad came in from work. He said, well, what do you want for dinner tonight? And I said something and he goes, aye aye, el crapitan. And he saluted me. (laughs) That's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But I couldn't help but laugh at that. See,
0: that's that. I feel like that's something that only happens to our generation. Like I can't, I can't imagine any of our parents crapping their pants. (laughs) But somehow, it's like we will have those stories to pass on.
3: Yeah.
4: So as they're driving, Lloyd starts uh, has this really funny sequence where he he dreams of his life with Mary. I love this sequence. So is this
0: butt shot in the original? Mm-hmm. Yes, that that's, is in the original. That was shocking to me. I was like, this must be the unrated part because uh, that's a full butt.
4: It's a full butt, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Lauren Holly's butt because it's all done in one shot too. It's not a butt double. Mm-hmm. You see her in close up. He picks her up, turns her around, and does a little peek at her, as her Mm -hmm. bare butt.
0: The pigeons were funny because they were, like, stuck behind (laughs) her for, like, a little bit. But it actually looks awesome. It makes her look
4: like she's got angel wings or something. Yeah. Um, The funniest part is when he's, it then cuts to, he's in a room full of all of her friends, and he's just making them all laugh.
1: (laughs) So he says, do you love me? And she says, no, but that's a real nice ski (laughs) mask.
4: And everybody cracks up laughing. then he goes hang on hang on hang on and he gets on the couch he pulls out a lighter sticks his legs up in the air and blows a massive fart fireball and they love it in his fantasy he is the king of this party Mm -hmm. have you ever done it farted on a on a lighter and made a fireball no but i'm guessing you have it's possible no, I never did. And the only reason why I didn't was because my mom was a nurse, and she told me that she had seen multiple people come into the hospital
0: with third-degree asshole oh
4: burns from, oh. from attempting to do it. She told yeah. me that at a very early age, so I never, I yeah. knew better.
0: I'm, I imagine it can travel up the sphincter into the That's colon. exactly what she said. Yeah. She what? said it,
4: the, a vacuum effect can happen where it will... Instead of going out, it'll go in, and mm-hmm. not only are you getting burns on the outside of your mm-hmm. anus, but you're getting it inside too, and that can involve yeah. surgery. Uh, again, folks, it's good advice. Try mm. not to light your farts on fire. I feel
0: like that's one of like the good things about this podcast is like you don't just get movie <laughs> trivia, <laughs> uh, but you also get like medical mm. advice. advice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: there's a great fight scene in this. He 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 imagines that he's at a restaurant with Mary. The waiter starts kissing on her arm, so he stands up and fights him. And I think this is a really good fight. There's good sound effects. The choreography is really well done. Like for a comedy movie, it's a pretty effective fight. The chef ends up coming out. He's like this martial arts chef and they do this kind of Bruce Lee style karate poses, you know, to intimidate the other. And according to the actor who plays him, which his name is Jess Borgia, Who was an actual martial artist who came in and did his own choreography? He said Jim Carrey did all of his own choreography. He came up with everything that he did himself.
0: Yeah, I liked it overall. I felt like some of his uh, vocalizations were like a little outdated. Could it, you know, think it's a little problematic to emulate Asian martial arts? Uh, I don't know, movies? but if you're if you're homaging Bruce Lee, that's what he's doing. But it does it doesn't feel like homage. It feels like uh,
4: the whole scene feels like Enter the Dragon or something. The sound I, effects you but can
0: but tell he's they're doing. He's like mimicking uh, the voice in a way that feels problematic
3: when we're watching movies and we're talking about movies like this i think we have to look at the time of this movie i'm not saying it's good or bad i don't think it's as problematic as you're saying and i don't think it's as unproblematic as you're thinking
4: he ends up pulling his heart out temple of doom style and sticking it into a a doggy bag Mm And then he ends up waking up. They go to this love motel. So this is another added thing. They do go to the love motel in the original movie. They do sit in the hot tub, but this extends it. They're sitting in this heart-shaped hot tub, and they're listening to this other couple having sex in another room. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, 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 uh. Yeah! Get her! Get her!
4: That's not in the original movie. They're listening to the sex in the other room, and it basically gets Jim Carrey kind of horny. And he says the only thing that would make this better, Harry, is if you had a big set of knockers on you. This is the life.
1: Cold beer, a hot tub, and paper-thin walls. <laughs> There's only one thing that could make this moment any better. was that? If you had a nice set of knockers. <laughs> That's two things, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing you're not stacked, Harry, or I'd be banging you right now. <laughs> I'd show you what a real man can do. Split you like an old piece of firewood. You'd probably like it, too, you big homo. Shut up. Don't tell me to shut up,
4: woman. None of that is in the original movie. None of it
3: should have stayed on the cutting room floor. It's creepy. It's creepy. It's weird.
4: And it's like, why the fuck did they keep this in here? That's when I was like, this is making me mad. I hate that we're watching this version of the movie.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that to me is if you, if you thought that that was part of the real movie, that's enough to like, to yeah, kill it. Absolutely.
4: You know? I'm sure they knew even at the time like this isn't appropriate for the movie. This is not work for the characters.
3: Well, Also, this is a kids movie. In my mind, it feels like a kids movie, like a crazy kids movie. Yeah. yeah. And so then adding this and it's like, mm. What are we And doing this was guys? at the
4: time when like casual homophobia was accepted in movies. Yeah. But I think even at the time this That's was sort of That's
3: why I thought going into this movie I was like preparing myself for that because especially early 90s. But and I was so like, wow, it doesn't have that until we hit this scene.
4: What is in the original movie is this dialogue about Lorena Felcher. So when in the original cut, it comes right in on him saying, "Places like this bring back a lot of bad memories." I used to have a girlfriend named Lorena Felcher. She broke up with me, but he says the thing that hurts the most is I'm pretty sure she was seeing another guy. In the original movie, you see Jim Carrey go like, huh, but that's it. In this movie, they add this like 20 second long shot of him sinking into the tub. It's not funny and it's stupid and it's it's like putting it right in her face that he was the other guy.
0: Well, does it do the? Does the original movie still have that line later when Jeff Daniels says, "You think yes. I don't know about?" Yes. yes. Yeah,
4: that's when it's revealed in the original yeah. film. So mental ends up pretending to be a hitchhiker. They pick him up. They annoy the shit out of him with the most annoying sound in the world. They play tag across him in the car.
1: You're it. Right. You're it. Right. You're
4: at Any quizzes. You're at No any quizzes. No startsies. You can't do that. Can't do.
1: No, cannot stamp it. Can't do double stamp it. No erases. Cannot triple stamp it. No erases. flu no, no, blue making no, through. No. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple la stamp a double stamp. Lord, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, Lord. You guys, enough.
4: They sing Mockingbird, which is how I even know that I've never heard the real song. I only know it. From them singing it in this movie. Mock,
1: yeah, ing, yeah, bird, yeah, 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 mocking bird, don't everybody
4: have you heard? heard? They end up going to this diner. This is where the fucking missing Peter Pumpkinhead song is. And they go to the diner, rewatch the scene, it's empty, it's dead. This is the real version.
1: I'll do it if you will, Lloyd. Okay. <laughs> you go first. This is the Blu-ray version. No, uh-uh, no, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go real first. you go first. Real version. But I always oh, go first. yeah. No, I we go first. You guys oh, stop acting like a couple of pussies and go at the same time,
4: huh? Back to Blu-ray. That
1: sounds like a dare, Harry. It's a double dare. Yeah, okay. You're on. And
4: I bet you when you watched it this time, you probably thought this scene isn't funny at all because mm. it feels like they're on a set. You can just hear nothing. By the way, for listeners out there, go check out the music video for The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead if you want a little more Dumb and Dumber, because Jeff Daniels is in it playing Harry Dunn. He ends up becoming Peter Pumpkinhead. Crash Test Dummies, whatever happened? They had some they had some bangers. Unfortunately, you won't hear their song in this unrated version of the DVD, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Made me so mad. So they decide to play a little prank on him. They put some of these... Really hot peppers into his burger, and what's so funny about the scene to me is the way that they can't contain their laughter as they keep being like, "How's your burger?" So (laughs) obvious. (laughs) They're like shaking with laughter, but that feels real when you are like Mm -hmm. when you have a little funny secret between somebody. Yeah, when you're five years old. (laughs) They end up realizing it. They try to give him CPR. He begs for his pills, but he's planned to give them rat poison, and that's the pills that they end up giving him. They kill him. Driving montage happens as they're going. There's a funny shot where um, Harry is like about to fall asleep, so he starts slapping his face repeatedly, which is something I feel like I've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Do you think if M. Night Shyamalan did that and signs that Mel Gibson's wife would still be alive? Hmm. It's a hard question to answer. It's
0: really oh. tough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but if that had happened, they probably wouldn't have defeated the aliens. Right.
0: Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, signs. God is real. Yeah.
4: They go to a gas station. Harry, while he's filling up gas, ends up meeting this woman who's got a pair of skis on the top of her car. Conic scene. Conic. Yep. She's going to Aspen. He's, you know, funny little exchange. It's kind of romantic. Harry is kind of a secret ladies' man Mm -hmm. because he's kind of got, you know, we realize later on that this woman's got ulterior motives. Yeah. But she's given him, like, she kind of is interested in him. And later on.
0: Yeah. It's how he woos Mary.
4: Yeah. It's how he woos Mary. Meanwhile, while Harry is having this nice little romantic spark with this woman outside, Lloyd goes to the bathroom. While he's peeing, he sees this note written on the bathroom stall that says, for manly love, be here on March 25th at 2 a.m. He and looks, is
3: this in the original movie? This
4: moment, this part right here is, where he sees that sign. He looks at his watch. His watch says March 25th. It's 2 a.m. He sees two feet walk into the bathroom stall. The door bursts open, and it's Seabass. Jim Carrey screams, and in the original movie, it cuts. In this extended version, Seabass says, It's you, and then grabs him and says, like, we're gonna have some fun. And there's this like sort of extended moment where Jim Carrey is like clutching the wall with his butt towards him, going, like,
0: No! Take me to my happy place! Find a happy
4: place! And Seabass starts unbuckling his pants, and then he grabs. Jim Carrey, and he pulls he him He says, down. I'll
0: show you my happy place. He says,
4: I'll show you a yeah. happy place. He pulls him down onto the ground, pulls his pants down. You see bass's dick underneath these like dumb cheetah print speedos. This. You see all his pubes and stuff. And it's like pretty clear he's going to rape him. None of that is in the original movie. He, he bursts open the door, he screams, and then you cut back to Jeff Daniels, his leg gets caught on fire, he goes running into the bathroom, and all you see in the original movie is him bursting sea bass off to the side. But like, I think you're just assuming he's going to beat the shit out of him in the real movie. But in this one, it's very clear he's going to rape him. And they make a big joke out of it. And then, even more extended stuff, when the scene is over, they get back in the car, and Harry starts making fun of Lloyd for the fact that he was about to get raped, which is also not in the original movie. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe that every added thing in this movie is not only doesn't work for the movie, but is like making it so problematic.
0: problematic. Yeah. Mm It's it's pissing me off. I bet I know what we're doing with our discs when we're done. Yeah. (laughs) It's called downgrading. Yeah. Is this our, this might be our first, well, let's not spoil it. Let's not spoil it.
4: <laughs> so we get back on the road, Lloyd is driving, Harry's sleeping, Lloyd takes a wrong turn. He ends up going back in the direction they come because he's such an idiot. He doesn't know. I remember as a kid thinking it was a plot hole that they could even drive. Really? Because in my mind, I'd, you know, as a kid, you don't really know how the world works. And so I was like, if they're so dumb, how do they know how to do something I don't know how to
0: do? But also too, <laughs> Lloyd can't read.
4: Exactly. Which was always my defense, because I don't know if this would happen with you, but my friends would be like, who do you think's dumb and who do you think's dumber? And they always said it was Lloyd was dumb and Harry was dumber. No, no way. And my argument was always, but Lloyd can't read. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Harry wakes up and he looks around and they're, they're in the fucking desert. And he says, I expected the Rocky Mountains to be a little rockier than this. And Lloyd says that John Denver's full of shit, man. And that's when they realize they've been going the wrong way. Harry's very upset they get into this huge fight.
1: I'm only human, Harry! Anybody can make a mistake. Come on! Stop being a baby! So we backtracked a tad! A tad! A tad, Lloyd! You drove almost a sixth of the way across the country in the wrong direction! Now we don't have enough money to get to Aspen. We don't have enough money to get home. We don't have enough money to eat. We don't have enough money to sleep. Well, it's not gonna do us any good to sit here whining about it.
3: We're in a hole. We're just gonna have to dig ourselves out.
1: Okay, all right, you're right. You're absolutely right, Wood. Where are you going? Home, I'm walking home. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake.
4: He starts to cry as he says it. It's good. It's like a real genuine emotional moment. And this is when you get the mmm song. Plays very briefly, but it's powerful. Not included on the soundtrack, unfortunately. Lloyd appears on a moped bike. He traded the, uh, the van for this shitty little moped that gets 20 miles to the gallon that he's very proud of. Mm -hmm. And this charms Harry. He says, just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They try to give a high five and they both miss. And then they make their way back to Aspen on this little thing. And it reminds me like the straight story or something. You get all these like beautiful shots of them Mm -hmm. on this tiny little moped driving. So they make it to aspen it's all icy cold there when they get there they have all these frozen boogers stuck to their mm-hmm. faces they are literally stuck to each other mm-hmm. there is a good moment when they're driving and that harry says i gotta pee and lloyd just says just go man it's disgusting and he goes oh it's warm yeah you know that felt good though you know it felt good. Did you ever watch a cartoon? Did you know there was a Dumb and Dumber cartoon?
0: Uh, I didn't watch it, no. I yeah. think there was an Ace Ventura cartoon. Mm-hmm. I watched and a, that. a mask cartoon mm-hmm. as well. I watched I the don't. mask, yeah.
4: Yeah. I was-ish into Saturday morning cartoons. I was real into Turtles but uh, otherwise, I like, wasn't into Matt Batman. I wasn't into X-Men. But anytime there was a movie-related one, I got in. Like, did you ever watch Beetlejuice? I cartoon? did. Loved yeah. it. I was real into Beetlejuice. <laughs> Where
3: were these playing? I've never heard of them. Saturday morning. morning. Sometimes yeah.
4: they would come on Nickelodeon in the middle of the day. Like a, a lot of times at school, Wow. if something happened and the teacher needed to put the TV on, that's when you would see the best cartoons because that's when you would get the stuff that... Or if you were homesick. You know? Ghostbusters had a cartoon. And I even had mass comic books which were kind of dark. They were the Dark Horse comic books, which I think also did Spawn, maybe? They end up getting stranded. Another fight here happens because as they're stranded out in the middle of nowhere, freezing their ass off, Lloyd reveals that he had a pair of extra gloves on. His hands are a little sweaty. You've had this pair of extra gloves this whole time. (laughs) Harry tries to kill Lloyd. They get into this big fight. He tries to throw the money into the water. And in the process, when he throws it, it knocks open the briefcase and reveals they're carrying a huge wad of cash. They go on this huge spending spree. It's pretty funny. My favorite aspect of the spending spree is the outfits. Mm-hmm. The costumes were done by Mary Zofris, who also did all the Coen brothers' costumes for all their movies, and Damien Chazelle. So she did La La Land. She did Babylon, Tragedy of Macbeth, O Brother Where Art Thou, Hail Caesar. So there's a great costumer who did this movie. And I would say the, the wardrobes in this movie are iconic. The, uh, mm-hmm. the orange and blue tuxedos, which by the way, these costumes need to be retired from Halloween. I've seen the Dumb and Dumber orange and blue tuxedo costume way too many times. But doesn't yeah. that
0: make you happy as like all these people are, are the problem reminiscing
4: is, about the movie? The problem is, is I feel like it's a douchebag costume.
3: I would agree. It's mm. a costume for people. It's a bros. It's a, a bro like douchebag costume. costume.
4: Hmm. I would rather it be retired than to ever see it again. <laughs>
3: It's definitely a party city costume at this point. Mm-hmm. Which again, good on them, good on for that cast or that costume designer mm-hmm. like damn it is really stood the test of time. Somebody don't get no
4: money off of
0: it. Somebody of was the not. first person, the first couple to walk yep. in to a Halloween party somewhere. Yeah. And dress like that. And turn heads, and I bet they were the stars of the show. That well, moment. and
4: they probably had to go through and actually get real versions of it. Like mm-hmm. Corey said, nowadays you can go to Party City and buy right. the shitty version of mm-hmm. it.
3: I love how in this movie, um, with by having all this money, uh-huh. that they're tipping so well everywhere they go. Yeah, it's making
4: them better people. It is making,
3: the money is actually making them better people. They The guy who's like the butler of... The hotel, or I mm-hmm. don't know, to them, mm-hmm. he gives him a hundred dollar bill mm-hmm. every time he sees mm-hmm. him. He's given a hundred dollars to every single person. I'm like, I like these guys. They have no concept of money, therefore they're willing to just give it away. Also, like
4: too, as a, with, at this party, they they go to the bar and um, Jim Carrey says, "Let's order a couple bowls of loudmouth soup," which I thought was a fun way of describing alcohol. Loud-mouth, loudmouth. soup. Soup. <laughs> soup that makes you loudmouth, yeah, you know. That is good. That's what I'm gonna start calling it from now on. Like, hey, let's go to the bar and get a couple of bowls of loudmouth soup. They're dumb, but they're clever. Yeah, that's a good, that's smart. Yeah, it's true. So they see Mary. Lloyd panics, he can't go up to her. So he tells Harry, go up to her and build me up. So Harry goes over to 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 help his friend out, but in turn, Mary kind of starts to fall for Harry. Harry gets a date with Mary. He goes back to Jim Carrey and he tells him that he got him a date. But he's lying. In this scene, we get our first connection to the labyrinth. Mm. Yeah.
0: Do you know what it is? Uh, The owl? The Icelandic
4: mm. snow owls. And a lot of bird death in this movie. Trigger warning, if you love birds, <laughs> this movie kills two of them. And yeah, the, 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 the bad guy has a funny line where he's like, they did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. We killed their bird, they killed ours. It's a message. That was yeah. a
3: good one. I was like, <laughs> oh, it wouldn't feel that way.
4: Harry goes out on a date with Mary. It's a ski trip. They're on the slopes. He ends up licking a pole and getting his tongue stuck to it like the Christmas story. Do
0: you see the alternate version of this scene? No. She's pulling his tongue. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the assassin is standing is laying in a snow pile with a sniper rifle. Shay? In, yeah, and right as she's about to pull the trigger, Mary snaps his tongue back and she shoots a mime. There's like a mime who's like miming around him and he gets shot through the hand and screams. That and reminds also. me of something. Isn't there another movie comedy where a mime gets shot? There's another there com- something where there's a a comedy
4: does. where like a mime mm-hmm. is is fucking around with somebody, mm-hmm. and then they end up pulling a gun out and shooting them.
0: Yeah, that sounds familiar. I can't remember. Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, there is that scene where Indiana Jones murders the mine, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> I do love the montage where they're building a snowman, because that's got the banger Pete Troach song, If You mm-hmm. Don't Love Me, I'll Kill myself. Mm-hmm. According to Jeff Daniels, because New Line didn't like him, they scheduled it so that he had to shoot all of his alone scenes first. So like this sequence... The diarrhea scene, just in case they didn't like him, they could cut him out of the movie and just like shoot one extra week with the new actor. He was on the chopping block. Mm -hmm. So he had to prove himself that week one with these scenes.
3: Wow, that's kind of fucked.
4: Yeah, he was like, it was really fucked up. He's like, and I didn't necessarily know it for sure, but I was essentially told at the end of the week that that was what was happening. But Jim Carrey came in at the end of the week and said, they love what you're doing, just keep it up, bud. And from then on... He was good. So Lloyd gets stood up at the bar. I would wear this outfit that he's wearing. It's like If it wasn't
3: for the gloves. The uh, gloves kill it, but the jacket is fire.
4: It's kind of this like Arizona style design on it. And it's got a cowboy hat and tassels and feathers. And to me, it's like an outfit you would see Harry Styles wear on like a red carpet or something. For sure. I would wear it right now. He ends up realizing where she lives, the bartender tells him. Funny moment on the way out, he sees this newspaper framed on the wall that says, um, Man Walks on the Moon. And he thinks it's current. So he goes outside and he goes, we landed on the moon. And apparently that was just an improv by Jim Carrey. It was just set design that the production design put there. And he saw it and decided to improv that little moment. And Mm -hmm. it's a classic. It's very funny. He's a genius. Harry takes Mary back home. They decide to go on another date. But Jim Carrey is there and he sees it. And he knows that he's been betrayed by his best friend. When Jim Carrey sees Jeff Daniels and Mary together and he, he starts to cry, but then it starts to turn into to vomit. Yeah. He starts to kind of like yeah. gag. <laughs> it's so yeah. good.
0: Great performance.
4: So he decides to sabotage his date by putting Turbo Lax into his tea and giving him extreme diarrhea, which was kind of like a trope of comedy kids movies at the time. Three Ninjas
0: has a great instant diarrhea
4: laxative mm-hmm. sequence Koopa's in there. It's always funny.
0: You could kill somebody that way. Would they poop themselves to death? If you gave them that much, uh-huh. you get dehydrated. There's no stopping it. too yet. much diarrhea. Even just normal diarrhea, mm-hmm. you could get dehydrated and die. Yeah,
4: sounds like you're speaking from experience.
0: I came. I was resurrected. <laughs> I came back to life. They brought me back after a diarrhea. Okay, wait. Me. This poop. Death scene, by this diarrhea. diarrhea
3: scene. He gets crazy diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Explodes the toilet. <sighs> <sighs> you're not using the toilet it's broken
1: Huh? The toilet
3: doesn't flush. Nightmare situation, literally my worst nightmare. This
4: scene still cracks me the fuck
0: up. The funniest part of this scene to me is when it you cuts back to him and he has the toilet in his hands.
4: That's a deleted. That's added. That's, added. that's unrated.
0: That's that was funny. funny. Though, when that he's like funny. putting, and up. the sound of him sloshing it out the window. <laughs> to but, me,
4: the funniest part of just the real, the, it's the moment where he's running up to the toilet and he's desperately trying to unbuckle his pants, and he's going, mm, uh, and then literally the second his ass touches the seat, it explodes. From yeah, we've
3: all the been sound. there for sure. Oh, but, we've all okay, been there. And I wait. Love it. I have a story that I don't. I'm not sure if I want to share for the pod and maybe I'm going to make you cut it out. Okay, so this did happen to me one time, and I don't even know if I've ever told Jack this story. I was visiting my friend Patrick. It was his um, senior year of college, and he had a big, he went to like a musical theater college where you put on a big performance. Was this
0: the kid that you had a crush on in high school? No, 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 uh, no, no. no,
3: no. Um, but I flew, this is when we were all living in Chicago and I flew to his college town to like see it, like his family, his whole thing. It was like a really big deal. Very exciting. We were all staying at a hotel and the night after his performance, his cousins are there. We're all there. We're like, okay, we're going to go to the cousin's room and we're all going to hang out. We're like going to party and drink or whatever, you know? And I was like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. And so I was like, I was like, I'm not doing it in this room. I'm going to go back to the room that Patrick and I were staying in. Was it his room or was it his parent? It was somebody's room. Oh, my God. So I go back to the room. I take a massive shit, clogs it. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do right now? Like, I cannot leave this in the room. Nobody
0: knows that it was you.
3: Yeah, but it's just they knew that I left the room to go to the bathroom in the other room. Everybody knew, like, I took the key, like. I'm going to the room. It would
4: follow you like the stint. So
3: whoever's gonna come back into the room is gonna come back into to a mm. massive shit. Mm. And it wasn't like... <laughs> I don't know maybe we have to cut this uh-huh. <laughs> like what well, What was
4: your descriptor gonna be it
3: was just like a big log like that clogged oh, yeah, the yeah. toilet mm-hmm. and i was like what the fuck do i do what the fuck do, I do i'm like in a panic 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 so i'm like looking around the room for what i do and there's a plastic bag and i was like Whoa. i have to get this out of here so i put the plastic bag around Me? my hand oh my god
1: <laughs>
4: You grab the log?
3: I grab the log. I put like a dog shit. Like oh, I'm picking up God. a dog shit.
4: <laughs> this is worse than what happens to Harry.
0: <laughs>
3: oh. oh my God. That's I gaggy. wrap it up. I'm, and, and then everything like flushes down the toilet. It's like fine, fine, fine. But now I have this bag of my shit. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? I go out of the room, I go to a different hotel floor and I throw it into a trash can.
0: So you're walking around the hotel with this bag?
3: Yeah, but it's like like imagine like a Target bag or something. Uh-huh. Like that's what
0: it was. But like a wet Target bag filled with shit. <laughs> it yeah. definitely smelled.
3: Oh my god, yeah. And then, then I just put it in a trash can. I kind of forgotten about that until this movie. Wow so i'm nauseous now i don't know if i'm gonna let this be allowed in no
0: (laughs) it's going on it's going (laughs) on you You consented by showing up today
4: when you speak it it goes in Mm -hmm. uh jeff daniels did say that clint eastwood came up to him and said that this specific situation happened to him Mm -hmm. hey it happens to everybody lloyd ends up coming there tells her that he's got the briefcase this is the home stretch here they end up getting cornered by nick pulls a gun on him brings him into the room cuffs them. Harry comes back to the hotel room. It's revealed that they've spent all the money. They open up the briefcase and it's just f- filled with <laughs> IOUs. That was That's as good as money, sir. Mm-hmm. That's an IOU. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to hang on to that one. They get into a fight. The guy's like, doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to kill you both. So who wants to go first? Jeff Daniels volunteers. No, wait, wait, no, no. Do
1: me first. I stole your girl, Lloyd. I deserve it. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. No, you don't. I- no, yes, I do. Yesterday was one of the greatest days of my life. Mary and I went skiing, we made a snowman, she touched my leg. Okay, kill him! You killed my best friend, you bastard! If it's any consolation, you're about to be
4: reunited. Jeff Daniels pops up.
1: Harry! You're alive! And you're a horrible shot.
4: And then the police burst in, reveals that it was all a big sting. They gave Harry a gun and a, and a, and a vest. Funny moment where he's like, but what if he shot you in the face? That's a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> 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 and then um, Mary's husband is finally revealed and there's a funny moment where she says,
2: Honey, there's someone I want to introduce you to. He's the kindest, gentlest man I've ever met. Will you meet him?
4: Sure.
2: He's has got a gun! Lloyd Lloyd yeah! Huh? I said
3: this is my husband Bobby.
1: Oh. <laughs> Hi Bobby. Hi. I'm so happy for you.
4: It ends kind of like road games with Harry and and Lloyd walking down the road, this big old tour bus full of Hawaiian tropic bikini models pulls up and say, uh, "Hey, we need two oil boys to wipe us down before every competition. Do you want to do it?" And they say, "You know, there's a town three miles back, you could find yourself two guys there, a bunch of idiots. Speaking of uh, Boys in the Hood, too, did you notice in the end credits that John Singleton was special thanks? No. I looked it up. They shared the same agent, the Fairley brothers and John Singleton. Because they'd never made a movie before, their agent said, go shadow John Singleton while he was making higher learning. And John Singleton said that he just showed them basically how to be a director. He was like, follow me all day. I'll show you how to... Formulate shots, create, some, and they, they're still friends to this day, and they gave him a, a shout out on it. Well, they were friends. He passed away. But I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Woo! We, we did it. it.
4: Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to finish our final thoughts on Dumb and Dumber. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
2: Possessed. Cinema Possessed. Cinema Possessed.
4: Welcome back to Cinema Possess, and we are talking final thoughts on Dumb and Dumber. Justin, I'm going to go to you first. What are your final thoughts on the movie Dumb and Dumber, and what are you going to do with that Blu-ray you got? I want to (laughs) say
0: I like it a lot, but I can't. (laughs) I can't. I really want to say it, but I can't. Um, It's really hard to give it an unbiased opinion having watched this piece of shit, unrated Mm -hmm. edition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I probably feel like I owe it tracking down the DVD and watching that really interested to see if i can wipe my fucking brain (laughs) and try to forget what i had seen and see okay is there something can i tap back into that nostalgia yeah are these characters redeemable um you know it's just hard to separate the overall sort of feelings of the movie from these really uncomfortable scenes that they added that not only make the movie worse Mm -hmm. from a storytelling cinematics artistic standpoint but also make the movie hard to stomach but i laughed a lot yeah laughed a ton and it's hard to deny that you can take all the intellectual sort of rationalization you possibly can of a movie but at the end of the day there's the me mm-hmm. the version of me that wants to to you know stick my nose up at it and there's a version of me that was uh, laughing out loud. Yeah. You know, a handful of times. But that's a very different feeling than this Blu ray. You asked me what I'm going to do with the Blu ray. <laughs> I'm going to do what a producer once did to me and you in a room with our script. <laughs> I'm going to take it and throw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> to illustrate my point, that couldn't have been illustrated in any other way. Yeah, you had no other choice. I have no other choice. So I wish there was a trash can at the end of the mm-hmm, room, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm downgrading, 100% downgrading. I'm going to find the DVD. I'm going to try to watch it this week. I'd love to talk about, mm. like have a brief check-in sure. on the next pod to kind of yeah. say I like
1: that,
0: how it, uh, just a dumb and dumber update. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, first time I'm downgrading on this show. Hell yeah.
4: Corey, how about you? What's your final thoughts on Dumb and Dumber?
3: The the joy that I had in watching this movie is a picture that I will post on the Instagram, and I'll just show Justin right now, was you watching the movie. Because you looked so cute. Like, look how happy he looks. He looks so sweet in that picture. And he didn't know I was taking that. Jack was just so joyfully... He was getting mad in a lot of points of the movie because of the added things. Don't get me wrong. But there were parts where Jack just looked so happy. And that was the joy that I had in watching this movie. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm going to get hate about it. But I didn't watch this movie as a kid. And this movie fucking sucks.
4: You think it sucks?
3: I don't know. Okay. I guess I don't think it sucks. Don't it's let just, him
0: Don't let him twist your arm. I,
3: I, I wouldn't say it sucks. Like.
0: Just be honest.
3: I just don't like this movie. It's not funny to me. There were maybe three times when I sincerely laughed. I think there's way, way better Jim Carrey roles in my mind, movies that like mean more to me nostalgia. And that is probably because they are the movies I watched as a kid. Yeah. So as if I watch an adult for the first time, Liar, Liar, would I think it's as hilarious? Who knows? Maybe we'll watch it. For the pop. Try
0: to think of the movie without Jim Carrey in it. How would that make you feel? Nothing. Be it would nothing. be nothing yeah. to
3: me at all. And Jeff Daniels is, I mean, yes. both of them are good. Like Jim Carrey, like we said, has some really good acting moments and stuff like that. And again, probably because I have a relationship to both of you, it did remind me so much of Jack and Justin in Hollywood and Jack and Justin like as a duo when you guys used to act together. And the whole time I was like, that's funnier to me, though. Those were funnier. And that's probably because I know you guys. But would I ever watch this movie again? No. No. It was honestly boring to me. No lie. When you started describing the end, I think I fell asleep with it. I do not remember the shooting part
0: and getting shot. <laughs> that's the funniest part. That's the funniest part of <laughs> the whole sorry.
3: movie. I think I phased out of that. I do remember the like hot chicks in the bikinis coming up to them at the very, very end. But I must have dozed. And that's, I was fighting that this whole movie, it was just like, it was kind of a slog for me. And this is the first movie that we've watched out of all the podcasts that I felt like was a slog.
0: What was your favorite part of the movie?
4: Do you remember a part where you laughed a lot?
3: The shit thing is the funny, it was the funniest to me. so funny. That is really funny. And and Jim Carrey doing the little cry scene to convince Lloyd to go Mm -hmm. on the trip, I thought was really good. And when he was wearing the big cowboy hat. That was funny, but everything else I just was like, mm. so yeah, I, I I don't think that it sucks. It's just a kid. It's such a kid's not to make it binary, but a kid's boy movie to me that I'm like, I don't care about yeah. this.
4: You're not wrong. I think my nostalgic feelings for this movie are incredibly strong. This movie meant a lot to me as a kid. I remember seeing that shit scene in the theater and thinking it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. It's the first time I ever remember laughing till I cried. That's sweet. And coming out of the theater and realizing that my dad loved it too, and it had been the sort of great equalizer. It had been the movie that had sort of brought him to Jim Carrey. There's no escaping that feeling for me, I love this movie. I still get brought back when I watch it the same way you said when you heard the trailer it brought you back. I get brought back when I watch the movie and watching this unrated version of the Blu-ray was literally like seeing somebody like what have they done to my baby. It was such a disgrace to me that like Justin said I'm downgrading this movie. There's no way I'm putting this up on the Patreon because I don't want anybody to have this movie. I would I would go to the store and pull them all off the shelves and flush them down the toilet if I could. <laughs> I'm going to throw this in the trash. I'm going to go onto eBay and I'm going to buy the DVD because I want this movie in my collection. Yeah, I know I want this movie in my collection. I want to be able to show this movie to my kids. I want to be able to see that laugh but I wouldn't dare show them this version of the well, it's movie. It's such
0: a testament to how many times you've seen the movie because it was so difficult for me to figure out what was an added scene and what wasn't. Yeah. Um that's like a hard skill to have to, you know, if something's if something's taken away, mm-hmm. if you like it, it's easy to notice, but if something's like added, you got to yeah. be really familiar with that. You're talking to a guy who watched yeah. it
4: every night for years more
0: <laughs> than clueless.
4: Yeah, this was the first. This was the first movie that I just watched endlessly every single night. Every night?
0: Can yeah. you be more specific? What do you mean every night?
4: Time to go to bed. Get your blanket. Get on the couch. <laughs> pop in Dumb and Dumber. Starts the movie. And you know what else I watched every night was all the trailers That's on there. Sweet. There was a Mortal Kombat trailer on there. But you
0: would fall asleep before the movie's done. Of course. Yeah, How I didn't stay up all the How times entire... do you think you did that with Dumb and Dumber? Pfft. <sighs>
4: Three
3: hundred and sixty-five. Would you would you fast forward it to the part you would never honestly? because never. I think
0: like no. you have to recognize that even for a movie lover, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people who do that. Mm-hmm. Did you, what comf- what specific comfort did that bring you? Like why keep going back to the same thing versus I want to try a new movie tonight? Well,
4: one you don't have a you know I didn't I, as a little kid I didn't have all the movies in the world at my disposal. I only had the tapes that I had and. Mm-hmm something like dumb and dumber and clueless they are like happy positive feel good there's nothing scary about them they don't have you know even something like home alone has like kind of creepy parts so i wouldn't put home alone on to try to go to bed because it might kind of spook me at some point
0: so it was specifically not just like i'm a future filmmaker and oh, i no it had nothing study to do this inside and out it wasn't it's, like i'm such comfort. a cinema
4: lover i need to watch dumb yeah. and dumber <laughs> yeah like i explained on that on the clueless episode I was a little bit afraid of the dark. I was a little bit afraid of going to bed by myself. And so as a nightlight, I was put to bed with a movie that I could watch until I fell asleep.
0: Do you ever remember that transitioning into your dreams? Like blurring the line between what you were watching and then dreaming about the movie or being in the movie or...
4: I can't say I have one specific dream memory as a little kid, but it has nothing to do with this. I had a dream that I went into a store and they had Beetlejuice costumes for sale. That's the only dream <laughs> I ever remember having as a kid.
0: And you were watching Beetlejuice before that? or
4: uh, No, not specifically. I just really wanted to be Beetlejuice for Halloween and I just dreamed that I found the, the costume.
3: The only dream you remember from your entire childhood? It's the only one.
4: You have to remember that at the time, you didn't have movie costumes at your disposal kind of like you do now. You could not walk into Party City or Walmart or Target or wherever and get a Beetlejuice costume in 1992. You had to make it. Or you had to dream it. Mm-hmm. You had to dream I that you walked dream. into a store that had a perfect Beetlejuice costume. So did
0: you do get. it? Did you guys the dream? yourself up? In the dream? In real life? No. Did you ever do Beetlejuice? Never.
4: Couldn't do it. Didn't have a striped suit. Mm. Didn't have the, any of that stuff. Mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump this fucking Blu-ray in what the trash. What are you trash.
0: literally going to do? Are you going to throw it in the trash or are you going to put it on eBay?
4: I'm gonna think about it. I might barbecue it this weekend.
0: <laughs>
4: I love the film. I think that without this unrated version, it's significantly better. It's a testament to editing. Editing is important. I don't think any of this unrated, we added all the bozo stuff that we cut out of the movie, that's never worth watching. No, it's Just gross. never do it. And if you're a person that thinks this is the better version of the movie, check yourself into an asylum, because you're fucked up in the head. Well, now that we've said everything there is to say about Dumb and Dumber, what do you say we play? Dumb, da-dumb, dumb. Dumb, da-dumb, dumb quiz. (laughs) I ask a question, you tell me the answer. It's not multiple choice. Okay. Ready? Go. It's the Dumb, da-dumb, dumb quiz.
0: We heard it the first time.
4: (laughs) Question number one. Tom Arnold starred in this 1996 screwball family comedy that Entertainment Weekly called Guaranteed 100%
0: Laugh-Free. Wow. Wow. Uh, What year did you say? 1996. Uh, Justin, Jingle All the Way.
4: Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nice. Um,
3: Can you give us a hint?
0: hmm.
4: There was, like, three big Tom Arnold leading movies yeah. in the mid-90s.
0: Struggling to think of one.
4: I will give you a hint, but I don't know if it's going to help you. It was directed by John Landis. Hmm. It's more of an interesting trivia fact.
3: And I don't know him as here, a lead. I can only think of him here's as, like, your Here's things. your other big
4: hint. This is the Dumb to Dumb Dumb quiz.
3: He's dumb in it, or dumb is in the title. The Dumb... Detective.
4: Mm. So Tom Arnold is the
0: patriarch
4: of a family. I'm sure I've seen it.
0: I'm sure I've seen it. That
4: family's name is...
0: Mm. The Meet the dumb. something stupids. Uh, the stupids. The stupids. The yes. stupids?
3: Never even heard of that. <laughs> was that just a guess?
0: I, uh, I you remember
3: this? Mm. I, can, I, I understand now why they said zero yeah.
4: laughs. I'm sure it was honestly inspired by Dumb and Dumber. Multiple critics. Guaranteed 100% laugh-free. <laughs> and I remember... Wanting to see it, not seeing it in theaters, renting it, and not even be able to get through the tape. Whew. Wow. So I'm going to say Justin half Justin got it. I'll take a half. I'll, a take, point. A half. I'll half take a, a half. Point. Question number two. This popular lollipop was first manufactured in 1924. Justin. It comes in a variety of flavors, such as blue raspberry, sour Dum-dum. apple, and root beer. I think Justin said his name first. So I, I did. I yeah, it
3: he it did. One. He did. Justin has one and a half Those points. Those root beer dum-dums. They're good. Mm, they're good. Question number three.
4: This 2004 Grammy-winning rock album was dubbed a punk rock opera and later inspired a hit Broadway musical. Mm.
0: Justin, is it Kid Rock related? (laughs) (laughs)
3: You're a Broadway musical.
4: 2004 Grammy-winning rock album, dubbed a punk rock opera.
3: Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Idiot. Idiot. Army Idiot. Can you name the band? Green Day. Correct. Uh,
0: Justin the album? American Idiot.
3: American Idiot. That's correct.
4: Yeah. So I'm going to say Justin has a full two points. He gets a half a point half for point. that. Yeah. Corey gets a half point for. Her. So it's two to half. Justin's lead. Question number four. This early 90s YA horror novel features a murderous animated puppet named Slappy.
0: Justin Goosebumps.
4: The name of the novel.
0: Oh, um, uh, something dummy. Attack of the dummy.
3: <laughs> oh, the dummy. Oh, <laughs> I do know what you're talking about.
0: I just need a one-word hint and I'll get it. Knight of, of the living the li- dummy. Night of the- Corey got it.
4: Yes. All right. Two to one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's still in the lead. Question number five. If they both had half a brain, they still (laughs) have half a brain. This 2011 romantic comedy features an all-star cast, including Kevin Bacon and Julianne Moore.
3: Oh, um, oh my God, I can never remember the name of this movie. Ah, I can give you the other actors in it. Everything starts with the E.
4: Think about the name of the quiz. Stupid.
3: Crazy, stupid love. Crazy. St- you got it. Yes. Crazy, stupid love?
4: Yep. Oh. So it's
3: Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Steve
4: Carell. I named two actors that are far yeah. down on the list. Yeah. yeah. As a little trick. Clever. Um, so it's two and a half to two. Corey is now in the lead. Wow. Question number six. This 1991 Halloween movie was the fourth installment of a popular series. Scared Stupid? What Scared
0: Stupid? Justin Just- Ernest Scared oh. Stupid.
4: <laughs> That's a half a point for Corey and a half a point for Justin. <laughs> That's
0: a, that was impressive, Corey. Thank so you. So
4: Justin now has two and a half and Corey has three. Corey's still in the lead. Final question. This 2006 sci-fi comedy stars Luke Wilson as a man. Who idiocracy. Wa- Corey's point.
3: Yes.
0: You didn't say your name.
3: Corey. Idiocracy.
4: Man who wakes up in the year 2505 and realizes he's the smartest man in the world. Corey wins the dum dum dumb quiz. And that, my friends, is the show. Follow us on social media at Cinema Possessed Pod, where we announce next week's movie ahead of time. And if you want to get in touch with us, email us at cinemapossessedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to get even more possessed, head on over to patreon.com and unlock the Cinema Possessed bonus materials, our bi-monthly bonus episodes where we talk about more than just what's in our collection. Plus, you can gain exclusive access to Patreon-only giveaways, community message boards, and a little bit more. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And as always, keep watching the movies you love and stay possessed. Later. Smokin'.
3: Bye.